0: Well, it is finally time to press go. Our debut episode of Ripping It. George Savarikas alongside Harold Varna III. Harold, been in the works about a year. Finally, I didn't think I'd say these words, HV3 podcast host. Yeah, you I can't
1: believe... Uh- I have a mic in front of me to be honest with it's you. It's dangerous. So You're a dangerous man with a mic in front of you. It's always hot, but um it's it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to, you know, the challenge of just being able to articulate my questions and just say, you know, usually I just put a few words together and hope they sound right. So, it's going to be um a great experience. Um a lot of fun, but hopefully just learn something in this at the same time. So, just enjoy the moment, enjoy something that I never thought I'd be doing it. I honestly thought you were joking most of the time. So, uh, yeah, we're here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so, why? why, From when we first talked about this, players right before COVID happened at dinner to now. Like, why are you in? Where you want to be part of a
1: podcast? So, COVID kind of um, made it very easy to do. You know, like, what would you do if you weren't playing golf? And I would love to be interviewing some of the people that I've gotten to play golf with. You know ran across in different forms of life, um just what makes them tick, what makes them successful, what you know whatever that is, I've always wanted to be able to ask that question and share it with other people, and this is a great opportunity and way to do it
0: What I love with the game of golf is just the variety of experiences people have, and your backstory pretty unique and I mean mine for people who don't know. I thought golf was like a loser sport until I was twelve. Played for the first time the week before Tiger won the masters, just pure happenstance on a family vacation, Tiger wins the masters, and I was playing like baseball football basketball then was like, "Oh, I should give this golf thing a shot became hooked, started caddying that summer, then like picked the range in high school at the local muni to play golf and so sort of been in the golf industry off and on like twenty five years but was always like the local public course muni kid uh, what of your backstory do you think will like resonate with just the average golfer out there?
1: Uh, The fact that I, yeah, I grew up on a mini course. I grew up with a bunch of old men telling me what to do and teaching me how to respect others. And if it, what that didn't happen, I was disciplined, you know, or they just tell my dad, which was bad enough, you know? So, um, I think that'll resonate that like I grew up uh, being on a golf course every day. You know, that's just, it is the most important thing, besides two things that are about to happen in my life ever, because it taught me everything I, that school didn't teach me. They'll, t- they, everyone can tell you what to do, but when an older person that is your dad's peer comes on to you, like comes down on you and is disciplined you, there's no worse feeling I think in life because like you, you failed as a being for me a varner. You know, like you knew right from wrong. And I think that's how the world should be. You shouldn't have to wait to be disciplined. It should be like immediate. So I think that resonates with all sport life in general. And golf does that. And, you know, I've been super fortunate to be a part of this sport for a long time just because my dad wanted someone to play with. So I can't, I mean, it went from my dad wanted someone to play with to like I'm sitting here next to your ugly self doing <laughs> a podcast.
0: <laughs> Which, yeah, could be the end of my broadcasting career here. Uh, nah, they can only burn on me, bud.
1: Don't worry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we got to give a shout out to uh, our partners, uh, ripping It Powered by Bro Bible. So I want to thank them for uh, giving us a platform to go on this journey together. And it's kind of crazy. I mean, the path that you took to the PGA Tour, the path that I wound up at Golf Channel, and I've been covering the PGA Tour for nine years, and we met your rookie year, like, Five six years ago, um, to think now that we're co-hosting a podcast when we've become friends, not only like professionally but on a a personal level, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And the part that I mean, I'm excited by is that I have enough trust in you, and I would hope vice versa that like if we disagree, it's not like it's personal. Like it's completely healthy to have polar opposite viewpoints where we can like get into it, but no, like we're just both trying trying to to team me up here, aren't you? I'm just, you know, let me no. Yeah. I think yours. you're, you
1: couldn't be more spot on. I think that the world needs more of it. We disagreeing is okay. It's there's too many people in the world for everyone to agree. It's why we're all different, but it's why it's beautiful. It's, um, it's, you know, it's greatest place in the world to live. And we need to embrace that. We need to enjoy that, that because we do have an opportunity to change people lot, li- people's lives every day. And I talk to you about those things all the time and, you know, obviously I'm super passionate about some of them and then some of them, I really just get you, you know, I want to get people going and see what they get fired up about. And <laughs> hopefully stir I can do it, that on this. Just yeah, stir um, the can't, on. Just, you got to do it just like when you're making ice cream, not too fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, to it. yeah, so I I like that. I think I have really good friends that used to do that to me and that's my relationship with those people and you, you know, we're the same way. So maybe some people can learn something from us. Who knows what, what that may or Don't may really not care. be. We're going in anyway.
0: <laughs> so what do, like, Jack Nicholas, Michael Jordan, the rapper Tyga have
1: in common? I just can't believe they all play golf. I can't believe Tyga. <laughs> that still blows my mind. That yeah, um,
0: blew my mind. The more Tyga, we're, we're hoping to have him Potentially as a season one guest on Ripping It, but th- that—that's what makes golf so amazing. Is I can say those three guys' names under no other set of circumstances would they be mentioned in the same sentence, and they're all diehard golfers.
1: Like diehard. I just can't believe die Tiger hard. plays that much, though. I, I just I got to hear it from him and get his understanding why he got into it. Because I don't know. Just I mean, plays all the time. Posts about it. I'm like, yeah, all the right time. I don't.
0: And it's so interesting. Season, season one guests, I mean, we've, we're lucky to have Larry Fitzgerald to be our debut episode here on Ripping It. Other guys that you've traded either DMs or texts with or talked to a little, I know, like Macklemore a big golf fan. We're hoping to have him on. Your um, your friends with uh, Scott Van Pelt, Jay Billis, or some other type guys, or like Aaron Hitz on the Yankees, another golfer, say like Brian Erlocker. Uh, a guy yeah. that I know pretty well. It's just crazy. the It's wild to think the different amount of guys you can pull from, or women as well, that are pro athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, musicians, et cetera, golf the unifier, where they're all passionate about the game of golf, how good their game has become, where they've traveled and played. It's all like a collective shared experience.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's just funny that – Those Everyone from those walks of life are playing golf. Um, You never really think about it. I don't think I would think about it if I wasn't a professional golfer, to be honest with you. But you run across these people in these pro-ams, and you're like, you play golf? Like, what? Um, So it's just very interesting just to know that, like, one sport can do that. So, like, the sport that, like, I fell in love with as a kid that I would still be playing if I wasn't on tour is... I still have that love for it. I have still have that those things I care about about the sport that I want to keep true. And you know like I'm a traditionalist in some things and obviously I like to push the limits as much as possible. So let's go figure those things out from other people's world and be able to talk about it.
0: How often are you getting a like a DM where you're surprised that that person plays golf or that person knows who you are?
1: We were talking about this earlier, like, but it really gets me when you introduce, like, when I played with Emmett Smith. He's like, "Oh, I know who you are." I'm like, Emmett, I know who you are." <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's funny. It, you don't, it doesn't. I, I could care less if they know me. To be honest with you, it's just funny that when you, when you meet them and you introduce yourself, and they're like, "You're playing well," or you know, that just means you're doing good things. Keep doing it. Don't stop. Is there anything better than? Little
0: backyard barbecue with friends, maybe a beverage or two. Imagine that scene, except twice as fun because Chippo has been worked into the equation. One of my favorite games to play, not just golf games, but backyard games. Imagine cornhole style, six ball scoring. You can play two on two, the perfect foursome showdown for backyard bragging rights if you want to purchase your first chippo today fun for all ages go to chippogolf.com use the promo code ripping it for 15 percent off your first order so part of what puts you in a unique position you're a jordan brand athlete so you're good friends with mj i know you're also been good friends with tiger woods Played a lot of practice rounds with him. He's been a, a great advisor for you on the PGA Tour. Our, our thoughts doubt. go out to Tigers on the road to recovery. Um, just uh, your thoughts as a friend of his with what he's had to deal with, first the back surgery, then then the car crash.
1: Yeah, the injury parts don't bother me. Uh, the part that bothers me is that every time he gets injured, he has to always prove it to the world that he can come back and play. Like, uh, when is he going to return? Like, look at the guy as a human. You know, he's changed the sport dramatically. Like, how's your health? How's his How's his well-being going to be for the rest of his life? Like, I know he talks about it, and I know he's such a competitor that it doesn't really matter. He just wants to win. But it's uh, it helped me, you know, when it happened, you know, I was just like, you know, fuck, man, you know, just he can't catch a break. It helped yeah. me take a step back and know that, like, how fortunate I am you know, that he played golf, you know, like the amount of money we play for, the, you know, the places you get to go, you know, he transcended the sport. And all we're worried about is, is he going to play the Masters? You know, I don't care if he plays the Masters, man. He's done so much. Quit trying to prove to everyone else who you are. We believe you, man. You're the greatest player to ever play. I've always thought that. I still believe that. And I'm super thrilled and Excited! I can't even believe I can say this, is that you're a friend, you know? So just stop. Like, we care for you. And that that hurt, like, just laying there, thinking about it. Like, why does he have to prove anything to us? He doesn't know his shit, you know? Um, it's and, the... Go ahead. It's the
0: Catch-22 being a media member because Tiger is the needle with golf. Yeah, so, so you, you got you to hear
1: to, somebody talk about it. You
0: got to... Well, yeah. You have the conversation, but what I tweeted after the... Accident and what resonated with me, my rookie season with golf, first year with Golf Channel was 2013. And I remember Tiger winning Bridgestone was my first event that I basically covered, and him picking up Sam and Charlie. And Charlie back then was like three, and like how special it was for Tiger that Charlie was seeing him like win as a kid for like getting to see it live. But I know. For all his road to recovery in, like, 2017, he was in a dark place because he, like, couldn't even get off the ground and, like, pick up his kids. That I just hope that he can be, like, healthy enough to spend quality time and play with his kids. Yeah, and be a father because that's what clearly is most important to him. And to see the joy that he and Charlie had at the father-son, I thought that was really special that they publicly wanted to have playing that event together and were just loved – being around each other. So that's what I hope for as like a, a fan of tiger. And then someone who knows him on a professional level.
1: Yeah. I mean, you couldn't be more spot on. You just, at some point you got to just be like, thank you. Like not everything lasts forever. Hey, thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. And he's always going to be a part of the sport, you know, and quit trying to force this. Like, man, he's never going to play. Who gives, you know, who cares? Uh, So I, I, you know, obviously I texted him. I just didn't know what to say publicly. Like, you know, like, what are we doing? Like, I don't, if I say it publicly, like, oh, Harold said something or that yep. that's not who I am. My job is to try to contact that person directly and say what I want to say. And I would, wa- I would hope that someone would do the same for me. Like, you know, and that's just the way I would operate. I'm not very good at it all the time. I'm super awkward, but it makes me feel better. So I'm totally cool with that. I mean, he's the
0: reason, like I mentioned earlier, why I started playing golf, and now golf's been a part of my life for 25 years. And I know huge impact on you. And our first guest, Larry Fitzgerald, Tiger, uh, big impact on him. As when he first started playing the game and first time he held a golf club. I mean, it's what he's done for the sport will never be replicated.
1: No. And it's, uh, I just can't believe that I was a part of it, to be honest with you. That's like I just pinch myself every time, you know, like you don't really f- f- understand it until like I'm sitting there at orientation at Quill Hollow and I get my phone and they're like, Tiger's in a wreck. I didn't hear a word the guy said in front of me. I told him, you know, like great guy. I just didn't hear a word he said. I was like, hey man, I'm sorry. I, I can't listen to you. Tiger just got in a wreck. Not, not being an asshole. Just, you know, you, know, you understand how much you're important tiger is to in your yep. life. Cause sometimes I always sit there. I'm like, man, I could call my a friend. I don't know. I just text him and ask him questions about golf whenever I can. But then when something happens, you can tell immediately.
0: Completely agree. Uh, as yeah. we tee up our first guest on ripping it, your relationship with Larry, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, a guys an NFL legend also kind of passionate uh, about the game. Why, why do you think it was important to have him help debut our show?
1: Obviously he's just total class act, you know, I mean, he's like, you know, he's a one, I mean, he'll be in the hall of fame. He just did everything right. Uh, yeah. You want to be around those people. When you, when I met him, he just offered his hand to be like, Hey man, what can I do? You know, I was like, I need a haircut. So, all, you know, so we just kept getting closer and, um, just super fortunate to be able to call, you know, call him a friend. So it's just real easy because I'm super nervous about this podcast in general. So, you know, um, not freaking out as much because I know he'll he'll keep it light and he's just a great dude.
0: He's one of the best, and I, I mean, I've known Larry for ten, eleven years, uh, professionally speaking. So excited to learn more about how he's become so passionate. About the game of golf, and then also, are we going to see him for an 18th season, or is he uh, done playing with the Cardinals? It's just,
1: yeah, it's insane though how he like. People are going to find out how connected he is in golf, and you're going to be like, "What?" It blew my mind. So I'm looking forward to that. Like people hearing that. All right, Larry Fitzgerald first
0: on the hot seat with us, Harold. I'll speak for myself here. Suck at putting? Yeah, I do. Know what can help you improve? Yeah, I do. That's perfect practice. The best putting mat that I have used, don't just take my word for it. I'm I'm a hack. I'm a six handicap. Over 100 pros in the PGA Tour have tried out perfect practice. It's great for alignment, for drills. You can use it in your hotel room, your apartment, your house. On the road, super convenient. Go to perfectpractice.golf, promo code ripping it to get 15% off. Couldn't think of a better first guest to kick off our debut episode of Rippin' It than uh, Arizona Cardinals, I can say legend at this point of your career, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry, uh, thanks for hopping on with us. Curious, what is off-season routine like for Larry Fitzgerald compared to what you're doing during the season?
2: Uh well you know you got got the kids get them off to school get the lunches packed uh, working out early in the morning so I'm usually up around 5:30 uh, try to get my get my Peloton and Versa climber work and a little a little weight done before the kids wake up get them food breakfast set up and then um, you know once they drop take them to school and then I usually get a little bit of the business stuff done return my emails and. Do all of that, and then usually sneak out to the golf course, and then be done by be done at the golf course no later than three fifteen. Go grab the kids, and then start going to practices, and you know, you know, just the, the normal, normal old man dad stuff.
1: Old man, I was going to joke yeah. about that, but yeah. <laughs> you said you already knocked that one out.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to know what was it like going to a military academy? Obviously, you went to. Valley Forge. A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that, so I just want to know what it was like. Obviously, it's different than going to you know a normal school. You know, Your priorities are way more serious than military school, I'm guessing.
2: Well, you know, Harry, it's one of those things when you're uh, 16 years old and you're, and you're going, it's the worst experience you could ever imagine, right? It's not something that you envision as a, as a road, as, as a route ticket to where you're dreaming to go to, so um, you know, I didn't, my grades were not good enough to get into a Division One school, you know, when I, when I left high school, just didn't, didn't apply myself the way I needed to. And I, and I had to suffer, you know, I had 45 scholarship offers to schools all around the country, and, and I couldn't get into any of them. And so I had to make a decision, either I was going to go to junior college route, or I was going to go to Valley Ford Military Academy, redo my half of my junior year and redo my senior year and do it that way. And so I knew and my parents knew I didn't have the discipline or the structure to be able to survive in junior college because they just don't really support. Um, I, I just the support net the support group wouldn't have been as strong for me. Uh, and I probably yeah. would have just slid through, the, through, slid through the cracks at, you know, 17, 18 years old. And uh, my parents decided it was best route for me was to go to military school. And I remember the first day my dad dropped me off. I cried myself to sleep. Uh, and it was a very, very tough experience for the first six or seven weeks for me. Just the way they kind of bring you in is very tough. Um, but now I was a man at 37 years old. Um, I I still am so very thankful that my parents decided to send me that that route because not only did not, not only did it help me get my grades together. I, I graduated there with 3.7, 3.8 GPA. So it wasn't ability. It wasn't the fact that I couldn't do the work and I wasn't intelligent enough to do the work. It's just I didn't have the skill set to, to know when I needed to dig in and apply myself to the things that I needed to do. And so it taught me discipline and accountability and, uh, you know, 5 a.m. wake-ups. And, you know, as you got older and you got more seniority, they would do it like a military regiment. So, you know, I would have a squad and I was responsible for five, five other guys. So it taught you how to be accountable, to lead, to to be responsible, to to take care of other people that needed help. If a guy needed help in, in math or uh, or reading or, uh, or writing. I mean, you have to do all of these different things, and it made you really a, a much better leader. And so looking back, you know, it was very tough when I was there, but there's no way I would be sitting here talking to you guys if I didn't have those two years there. It really helped me turn into a, a an immature young man into a real man when I left there. And then when I got to college, you know, my mindset was so different. You know, I was just like, I want to do good in school. I want to be impactful in my community. I want to make the people around me better. Uh, you know, I want to achieve my goals, and this is the things that I need to do to go get them. And with that military mindset that I had coming out of school, it helped me achieve those things. So it was great.
1: It seems like they just covered the whole board as a, you know, what you want to do in life. You're like, well, I can have it all. And that's what I try to tell. You know, you always try to tell kids, what do you want to do? You know, you just got to focus on the main thing, and everything else will take care of itself. And it's so hard to see yeah. that at that age. Um It is. Obviously, we talk about this, me and my wife. But like, would you send your kids now to something like that? You know, even just because you saw what it did to your life.
2: Um, well, my kids are my kids are a lot more disciplined than I yeah, was. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, outside of like the video game stuff. But like my oldest, Devin, he's he's thirteen years old and he's got his head on straight. I mean, he's a really good kid. He's in honors classes all across the board. And you know, I I really stay on him about just being great in everything, living your life in parallels, you know, you know, why, if you're going to be great in football, you're going to be great in lacrosse. Why can't you be a great leader? Why can't you be, uh, you know, an an ambassador in your community? I know you're only 12, but, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do it right, do it to the very top of the level, do do the very best. And, and he's already doing that right now, doing a good job. And, um, you know, so like, it's, I I think I, I needed that. My personality, I needed that structure. Um, He's, he's a lot more mature than I was at, at 13. And, uh, you know, I think he, every one of your children is different. You know, my, my second son, Apollo, he's also really, really disciplined in terms of like getting his good grades, you know, but he's not as much into the athletics. He's, he's more of a gamer and a, and an engineering mm-hmm. mind. And so, you know, it, you know, he's a, I wouldn't be surprised if he designed video games one day, because that's kind of how his mind works. And then I have a four year old son who's, you know, just does everything. But, I mean, your kids are, are so different in the their personalities. And, um, you know, so as, as they get older, you know, I definitely will always keep that as an option if I see things kind of going off the tracks. But right now I think they're they're really good kids and they got good discipline.
1: That's awesome. I'm sure you're just a super involved parent. Um, obviously, I've enjoyed my time with you, just how you always want to learn. Um, that's what I've noticed. Um, I don't want to keep talking because I'm so intrigued by, you know, your upbringing because everyone has a story and that's why they do what they do when they get older. So I'm just going to shut up now and let George. (laughs) It's your podcast. have (laughs) It's
0: all good, man. I'm curious, Larry. I mean, you go from uh military Academy and you play a pit, then the NFL. What was the first point that you heard the noise in a stadium to know, okay, I've made a big jump now.
2: Yeah. So the jump from high school to college was 10 times harder than the jump from college to the pros and I think a large part of that has to do I'm not from you know North Carolina or South Carolina or Texas or California or Florida where they play football and it's like a religion in these places I come from <laughs> Minnesota yeah. um, you know the whole state of Minnesota it's it's just under you know five million four and a four and a half or so million people in the whole entire state you know I mean, that's like the Atlanta metropolitan area or Houston metropolitan area or you know, it's it's not a very big place. I went to a really small high school. We only played three A football. Graduating class of about 150 kids. You know, so it, it wasn't like it was a really really great competition, right? I was I was really good, but I wasn't competing against anybody. It was it, it would be like Harold going and competing, you know, on on uh, on the Asian tour. I mean, he would win every single tournament, right? You know, what I mean, the competition is a it's, a it's a little different, and that's no knock to anybody playing on the Asian tour or anything. Yeah, like that. But, I mean, yeah. it's just it's just different levels right. to it, and when I got to college, the physicality—how strong and how big and physical and fast—everything was just like my mind was 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 spinning. I remember calling my dad and like, Dad, I I don't know if I can keep up with these guys, and he just hung up on me, you know. And uh, <laughs> and I eventually I eventually figured it out because I didn't I didn't really train. There were a lot of guys that were in college that were already lifting weights and running and doing all of this. I Man, I I played basketball. I played football, ran track, played baseball. I I did everything. So I really never had any time to really specialize and lift weights and do all the things that other guys were doing. I remember going in their summer and I was weak, man. Like all the guys were stronger than me. They were more explosive than me because they had been doing this stuff. But my skill set in terms of like my hands and my body control, all of those things, the intangibles that you just can't really teach, you know, the hand-eye coordination. um, I was light years ahead of everybody. So in my mind, I was like, once I get all of these technical things, um, you know, in place. And I learn how to run properly. And I run, learn, my, you know, the better route recognition and my route, you know, the definition in of my routes and stuff like that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be dominant. And so I saw that very early. And I never let my confidence waver. I think that's something that you, as an athlete or anybody that wants to be successful, you have to have a, a, a belief in yourself that you can achieve anything that you set your mind out to. No matter that's what's going thing, on however, at the time. No, no matter... No matter what, you go out and shoot 75 on, on Thursday, you got to really believe that there's there's a possibility you can go out and shoot at 65 because you've seen yourself do it. You just have to apply yourself, stay in every single shot. You know, you got to apply that same mindset to, to what you're doing.
1: I hate – I'm asking too many questions, but how do you, how do you explain that to young, the people my age? Because, you know, you try to help people out sometimes, and they're like – you know, obviously it's not what they want or what's going on, but they want to – be better. And I always tell people, control the things you can control. And that's your attitude, your attitude, how, what happens to you? Um, it's, I don't know. I just don't know how to explain that to people just to say like, everything's an opportunity, you know, and
2: Every, no matter what, you just right, don't get so to right. them.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: I, I, what I are ways that you agree.
1: try to get to
2: people? Well, you know, I, I never forced myself on anybody. Like my, my young teammates, if they, if they have questions about life or finances or business or, ball or whatever if they want to ask me I, I, I always make sure that I'm open and available to do it but my way of life my the way I think I'm not going to ever push it on anybody and I think what as a society I mean that's kind of what I see is the norm now it's like if you don't believe what I believe will cancel you right and you know I, I just don't subscribe to that I think everybody is different I I appreciate the differences that that people have and way you think and that's how we you know I think we sharpen each other by just having those conversations even if they're uncomfortable but you know to be able to sit down and, and listen to what somebody believes and thinks I think it's 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 helpful to us and I think that the way I think and the way I kinda of view the world is, is a byproduct of, you know, my experiences, you know, I travel the world. I've been to hundred and seven countries, you know, um you know I love to immerse myself in cultures, religions and uh, different socioeconomic backgrounds and like, it gives you a better perspective on life. And, you know, I, I've been around unbelievably special Muslim people and been around great um, Israeli people. I've been around, you know, unbelievable Hindu people and Buddhist people, like people are just people. We all just want to be loved and appreciated at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what God you worship what color your skin and you know, what church you go to. Like all that stuff is, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just about being loved and loving on others.
0: What's the most so impactful experience you've had from traveling?
2: Who man, I've been to, I've had a lot of, you know, really touching moments, you know, going across, but I'll say one that I, I really look back on it and I really, um, I took a lot from Is I was in Vietnam and my tour guide was giving me a tour, um, you know, of, of Hanoi and I was doing a bike tour from Hanoi all the way to Ho Chi Minh, just you know, riding a bicycle down, down there. And, one of the small villages, probably an hour south of Hanoi, uh, my guy was from there, so he scheduled us to eat dinner at his parents' house, and his parents speak, spoke zero English, but his father was uh, a Viet Cong Special Forces, you know, so essentially a Navy SEAL or a Delta Force for the Viet, Viet Cong, right, and, you know, I, I walked in the house, and I was a little skeptical, you know, because, you know, you, you read about American history, and for two hours his mom prepared this unbelievable meal for for us um never met me never heard of me welcomed me into their home and his dad essentially told me stories about you know the the vietnam war and his son interpreted it and like the way he described it and the things that he said you know I mean, it makes you think about things completely different because you know in life you know you hear one thing you read certain things right and and that shapes your, your thought process and how you think. But you know, there's two sides of every story, and I think that really kind of like put things in perspective as a 24 year old to to like to challenge you know what you what you think and challenge what you hear and and always to, to do your own due diligence and 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 that's kind of how you grow as a person.
1: Yeah, now you just get offended, you know, you get challenged. Oh man, all every, everybody <laughs> everybody
2: everybody is so offended. I mean, you, you just look at the way things now. I mean. We've never been more divided than we have. I mean, if you're, you know, Republican, all you do is watch Fox News, right? If you're a Democrat, all you watch is CNN. You're not even interested in hearing what the other side has to say. I mean, you subscribe just you, saying wanna, you just want to listen to what you want to listen to. You know, not as opposed to the truth or what's right, just what you want to listen to. And I think that's dangerous.
1: Very, um, completely agree. Why did you go to pit?
2: Um, so my college coach, Walt Harris, um, they offered me my first scholarship my sophomore summer. And we just developed a really good relationship. And his wife was actually dealing with some cancer issues while my mom was battling cancer. And so we really connected on something that was much deeper than sports. I knew that he cared about me as a man. He wanted to see me develop as a person as well as be a really good football player. But, you know, I really um, I'm a person who bonds with people. Um, and if I feel like you, you ride for me, I'm gonna ride for you. And um, that's kind of the connection we established very early on. And, um, you know, I knew I was going to go there for, for years.
1: I love hearing stories like that, just how people get so close with their coaches. Um, Obviously the reason I went to ECU is because my mom made me. So I just, I love to hear (laughs) like, what's the, what it, what was it? Um, So after I could see going to military school, you know, you're all about relationships and that's pretty cool.
0: Larry, you talked about all these different experiences you've had and, what I love about golf is just the variety of people that play. I mean, you can be five or ninety-five and play golf. At what point did it become part of your life?
2: Uh, I started playing. One of my good friends' his name was Andre Roberts. He plays. He plays wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner, all pro for the Buffalo Bills. And he brought me. Um, he brought me on the golf course to this charity event, probably like seven and a half, eight years ago, and. You know ironically, my dad's been playing golf for over forty years, so I was around the game, and so you know up at the at, at the course that he played as is a minneapolis public public course it's called Hiawatha we my brother would go, and we would essentially four caddies they had, my brother's on the left fairway, rough I was there on the right, his, his friends would hit it we would run run the numbers off, walk it off and we would have their numbers for him by the time they got there, clean their balls up and that's kind of how we made a little bit of money in in the Wednesday and- Saturday games, and you know so I understood. What golf was about, I understood the rules: not walking through people's lines, not talking in their back swings. So I understood the, I guess, the nuances of the game, like the, the etiquette, right? Um, but I never really had the time. I wanted to play other sports. Golf was just so slow, and and if you don't have patience, golf is a very tough game to play because agreed. Like in your infancy in your infancy state, it's bad, bro. It's like real bad and. <laughs> You lose a lot of balls, and it's just—it's just frustrating, man. It's really, really a hard game to to get to get good at, and especially if you don't play it as a child. If you're a kid, you know, like I take my kids at the range or go to Top Golf or whatever. They'll just hit balls like it doesn't care or doesn't just just make contact, right? And it's fun for them, you know, to get into sodas and drinks and you know to, Like for as an adult, you don't have that. You like, I want to be good at this. Like today, like tell me how to hit the ball straight, and and you're hitting it right and left and fattening it. And, then and it, it, it's, it's tough. But um, I remember the first time I actually got a golf club put in my hand was, you know, Tiger Woods put it in my hands up there at, at Hiawatha Golf Course. He was up there for the first tee program. And that was kind of like when I really kind of fell in love with the game. So I would watch it all the time, watch the Masters every April with my dad, you know, get up super early, watch the British Open with my dad, you know, like we would experience golf, but I never really wanted to play it until my boy Dre got me involved. And When I started playing, I hit a a whole bunch of really, really poor shots, but I hit like two or three. I was like, man, that is that's really nice. man." There's nothing better than there's nothing like a well-compressed golf ball going in the direction that you wanted to go. There's nothing in life (laughs) better than that, man. And it just doesn't happen enough for me, Harold. It does not happen enough for me.
1: Um. Man, it, 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 it's a great feeling. It's an awesome sport, obviously, the people you meet. But that feeling of hitting one that – I mean, I still get that feeling to this day, and I'd say I hit it pretty solid all the time. But there is nothing better. Um, We got to go over this. You and I talked about this. But talk to me about your handicap. Explain to the – I thought it was – I think it's pretty – way closer than I thought it was because I, I knew you, but I didn't really know you until – and then we played together, and I was like, it's spot on. I mean – you're gonna have a few X's and you know yeah. the numbers right, but your good holes are pretty good.
2: Yeah, yeah I would <laughs> say I average, I average I average two to four birdies a round, right? Uh, I can score. I, I hit I hit from a hundred from a hundred from a hundred and fifty, and I would say I'm like around a, a two handicap, right? I putter and chip it, and I low mid irons hit them really well. Off the tee is where I lose all my strokes, and so. I, the reason I do really good at Pebble is, first of all, you put me at 6,400 yards. I'm very long, and so if I'm hitting fairways, I have wedges in my hands, and I'm going to hit enough close enough where I'm going to have some looks at birdie, and I'm going to make a few of them. And so, you know, I shoot between like 74 and like 87. It just depends on the day. If my driver is cooperative, but at Pebble sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have to hit driver at Pebble because I'm you're, you're, you're playing, yeah, playing exactly. 6,400 yards, you know, and then I can just go at all the pins because I know Strills is going to play good. So it's it's pretty pretty easy setup. Playing well there, yeah. Um,
1: so that's you awesome. can you you're,
0: how do you handle people saying you're sandbagger? And I mean, you get you win Pebble two out of three years, and of course there's a little smoke there. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm a great I'm a, I'm a great net partner, uh, you know, because I'm. Extremely streaky, very, very streaky. There'll be times you're like, bro, you're so much better than this, so why aren't you hitting it so poorly, right? And then you're like, bro, there's no there's no way you're a seven, bro. It's like, <laughs> it's not possible for, you know. It really just depends on the day. It really depends on the day.
1: So I want you to talk to people in here listening about your experiences of golf courses you have played. Um, I don't think people understand that you're like, you're in that circle of golf. <laughs> Um, everyone just thinks you just play golf. No. So I want you to explain just how, all, just the courses you've played, what's your favorite golf course, and just, you know, how in tune you are in the golf. Like, where do you love well, to play? Because it's not just a normal country club
2: down the street. <laughs> but I think it's really nah. cool. I
1: think it's great for the golf to have people like you that are ambassadors of the golf. But I'd want people to hear it from you. So I'll shut up.
2: Well, so I, I would say seven years ago I started playing golf, and you know, I, I I started playing just like everybody else. I played at the at the municipal courses, which I still play, you know, twice a week at at Munis. I I just I like you know going on on uh on on the on the on the, on the website and making my team. time at, at, <laughs> Yeah. yeah and doing okay. it just like everybody else go, going out there and, 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 playing. I honestly, I really love it. Um, and then, you know, I'm a member at a country, couple country clubs and, you know, so I kind of do a little bit of both. Right. Um, but you know, golf has been a tremendous experience, unbelievable ride. I've met some uh, great people, um, uh, you know, played with you name it and been able to make some really, really strong relationships. And, you know, those relationships have taken me to, you know, you name it, every course you could imagine. And, if I were to pick a, a favorite, uh, you know, I don't. I, in terms of the layout, the design, the shot quality, the quality of the greens, um, I, I really like Marion. It's um, it's one of those courses you can't you can't just hit driver out there every every time. You got to hit you got to hit the right parts of the fairways. You got to hit the right parts of the greens. Your speed has to be impeccable, and if you miss greens, your short game has to be outstanding. I mean, it challenges every aspect of your game. It's not like a a bombing gouge course. Um, that you see, you know, out here, it, it really challenges you. So I, I really like that course is, uh, I've always, you know, enjoyed the the mystique and the, the showers after the round and like everything that goes into it. I mean, great experience, everybody's sitting there, everybody sitting there, eating, you know, right by the first tee and you're teeing off, you know, everybody's quiet to see if you hit it good and then they get, get back to drinking and eating again. It's really <laughs> fun. Yeah.
0: So Larry, uh, I heard a story, a little pressure for you, to break ninety, knowing that you would get into Whisper Rock. And meet, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, to talk us yeah. through what it was like when obviously that's now like the hang and the spot, but for yeah. you to get in, you had to prove yourself.
2: Yeah, so I had a good friend of mine, his name is John Langvine, and uh, you know, we play we play a fair amount of golf. He's also a fellow Minnesota. And he introduced me to the owner of Whisper Rock and Greyhawk is a man by the name of Greg Trius and um uh, you know we were on the phone, and I was just I was hot and heavy about the game, I was really infatuated with it and I, and I asked Mr. Trees, I would love to join Whiperrock, and he said, "There's no way in hell you're getting in my golf course, and you can't break night. it's just not happening because i'm not I'm not playing behind you if I've seen you hitting balls all over the place it's not it, I'm not going for it and so it was like the first time somebody's challenged me outside of my my profession, you know he was like, bro, it's not I don't care." who you are, what you've accomplished, how much money. None of that matters. You can't break 90. You're not getting in here. And so i worked tirelessly for a long, long time. And I remember I was over at McCormick Ranch, and I shot my 88, you know, for the white tees. And <laughs> I've never been more happy in my life to shoot an 88. Now, if we shoot an 88, I might I might jump in the lake if I shoot 88 now, but I was, I was elated to shoot that 88. And me and John were on the phone. We called Mr. Trius and he said, Hey, cut the check, man. I, I'm a man of my word. And that's kind of how, how it started right there with rocket. And I'm playing up there today. Me and Harold and, uh, uh, and Wayne up right there. Uh, uh, we were out there a couple weeks ago. They, they beat up on me, took advantage of me, um, and then made me pay for lunch. Uh, but it was cool, though. It was cool to hang out with my guys. It's a great hang to Rock.
1: Well, yeah, I had a great time. Thanks for having us again. Uh I just gotta get Wayne. Wayne gets sneaky good. He'd be staying trappy out there and beating people. Yeah. Like that, you be trappy, all right. You can get yeah, your yeah, ass whooped. Yeah, that's <laughs> <yeah. laughs> um, right, we gotta ask some NFL questions. Uh let's just get right to it. Um, your what's your thoughts on the NFL and their safety protocols and would you let your kids play? Like, you know, this is a big question that's you know, going around NFL right now, like, I don't, I never played any real sports. I played basketball and I might've rolled my ankle, you know, here and there. (laughs) But like, I mean, I would freak out running across the middle. Like I was going to die or something. No, it's, you know,
2: it's actually a lot safer. It's actually 10 times safer than when I first started playing, you know, the things that the NFL has done in terms of first, uh, the safety procedures. you know, they pretty much took away the kickoff return, the wedges, things that were, it was most violent and most collisions and, put players at the most risk. They try to alleviate some of those those plays, right? And obviously, you know, the helmet-to-helmet, the, helmet, the way they hit quarterbacks on the blind side, a lot of those plays have been taken out. So guys are able to to play longer. There's not as much head trauma. And then another thing that's really improved is the quality of the helmets. The helmets have gotten so, so much better. Um, you know, They hurt they, so uh, bad to the put on, though. I put um, on Christian McCaffrey's just, head? Holy you're just, Jesus, dude. You're just, you're, just not, you're just not used to it. Oh, not used to it. When good. It I had to get it off. Years, when you've been putting it on for thirty years, you know it's uh, it, you, know, <laughs> you get you get it, you get accustomed to it. You get accustomed. I felt like it. my
1: ear came off, like taking it off. sometimes <laughs> I caught the top of my ear, and I have like the smallest yeah. ear. So if he had fat ears, like how did you get that thing off? <laughs> no, but go ahead. Uh, I just knew. I mean, they are. It's insane how tight they are. People don't. I don't think they understand. Yeah.
2: Now you want it to be tight on your head. You don't want a lot of movement in it because when you get hit, you know the movement, you know, it's causes worse. more trauma. You want to be able to keep it, you know, as tight as you you can get it. You know, it's almost like a golf club. You don't, you know, what wear a loose golf oh. club. You want it. You want it to be tight so you, you know, you can have the best control and I think That's kind of how old is with the helmet. Larry, you wanted your honest... kids
1: play. Oh, sorry. Go for it.
2: absolutely, absolutely. My my oldest Devin plays. Uh, He's very good and, and, and aggressive. He loves the game and like I, I made my life, you know, my livelihood playing sports and playing football in particular. I don't think it would be right for me to tell my sons, "Hey, you can't do this or you can't do that." If it brings them joy, they enjoy it. Um, you know, we get hurt. I mean, that's that's you know, it's life. It's, it's hard. You get you play yeah. golf, you get hurt. If you go to the military, you can get hurt. I mean, you, you can be riding a bike on the street and get hurt. I mean, life is life. You mean and. If he's enjoying it and uh, you know he's having fun with it, he's building great camaraderie. He's developing some great skills that sports teaches you, in terms of getting knocked down and getting back up. Um, you know, being able to build character amongst the people around you. It's like there's a lot of great, great lessons that sports can teach you, and I, I don't want to deprive them of that.
1: That's awesome, that Larry. Man, you got me. Been, a, my eyes are
0: sweating. <laughs> you've been <laughs> Mister, like reliable in your career with the cardinals i mean it's crazy i think your rookie year was 2004 you missed nine games in 17 seasons how many games have you played hurt
2: say a pretty large majority of them I mean, you're always <laughs> you dealing with dealing with, deal with something um it's uh just part of the part of playing the game you know you, you have to be able to push through and and uh persevere, I mean, there's a big difference between being hurt and being injured, though, right? You know, just, you know, a broken leg or, you know, a concussion, I think those are being injured, right? But, you know, having a tight hamstring or a swollen knee or dislocated or broken finger, something like that, things that you can actually play with, you know, you got to be able to push through and find a way to get past it.
1: How did you – what was your ultimate goal? Like, like not goal, but if this injury – happens you're obviously you break your leg or not but like you know i don't i don't have any pain i mean i got a cortisone shot in my foot and i feel like i'm dying right now um <laughs> so like how do you know like hey i should not play today you know that that's the i feel like that'd be tough yeah, like threshold yeah that's the word yeah i need to learn. yeah
2: i think everybody's pain threshold is different and also and also you have to consider if you play on it what is the possibility of it being hurt that much more right you know, if it's you a Super it. Bowl, you, put, you push through, right? If it's a preseason game, you probably err on the side of caution. And, and so I think every circumstance is different in how you go about it and what you think about when, you, when you're evaluating and making the decision.
1: Well, you're great for fantasy football. I just want to let you know that. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's playing. Uh,
0: what's, uh, what's more intimidating, Richard Sherman standing across from you or Harold on a tee box?
2: hero in T Box for sure. Um, I'm trained I'm trained to be able to, to play against Richard Sherman. I've watched the tape and, and I actually feel like I can, you know, at times I could be able to make things happen, make plays, but you know if T Box if he doesn't give you shots, you don't have a chance at winning. And that's 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 uh that's demoralizing.
1: <laughs> um last time you asked for an autograph. This one was hard for me. I didn't even... I was like, what?
2: Uh, It's been a while. It's been a while. (laughs) Not
1: not that I'm
2: just not... I'm just not a big autograph guy, though. You know, I'd rather... rather What about a picture? Um,
0: Or someone where you were, like, pumped, like, oh, man, this is either an idol of mine... I take
2: take pictures to, like... Commemorate the moment, like me, me, Harold yep. and I take a picture on at and I, am I, not like a big Instagram or post guy, but it's nice to look through my phone. Like I have this whole golf, like in my in my in my photos, like all my golf pictures, and I kind of I scroll through it and think about the day and the experience and the courses that we were to play. Like so, like I like to take pictures to just to, for me to reflect on the, the, the great time I have with people.
1: So, so that football season, real, where you're taking pictures in it. Where yeah, you I have mean, a camera. I,
2: oh yeah. I, I, I mean, I take, I take a lot of it. I take a lot. I mean, I'm a, I, I would say I'm a, like an amateur photographer. I, I got some good stuff. That's cool.
1: Really? Yeah. So Larry
0: football season, we'll call it what July to January or February, if you're lucky normally. And obviously mm-hmm. you're still training a lot, but you miss like a good chunk of what's prime buddy's trip season for golf, yeah. say July to October. Is there a buddy's trip that's on your list where you're like, I can't wait to go here and check this place out?
2: Yeah, so um, shout-out to my buddy, Jimmy Dunn. Um, we're going with him and a group over to Ireland in May, and I've never been to Ireland, never played golf there. Been to Scotland a few times, used to play there once a summer. i been to a couple other places, but Ireland's been high on my list, and I'm really, really excited about that, but – uh, me and my boys, we do a golf trip every year. Um, you know, Memorial Day trip that we always take, pick different places, locations, and like, you know, eight of us go and just blow it out for five days, thirty-six every day. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's what's awesome. the location yeah. this year? Uh, I think we started. I think we decided we're going to just start going to staying at Pinehurst from here on out. Um, You're going to stick think, with that, yeah. Because first of all, you got like. Moore County has thirty golf courses there. I mean, you just don't have you just don't have the ability to play everything, right? But the lodging is great. You know, you get a, a smoking smoking house. You know, on the golf course, and you have the chef, and there's massage therapists that work on guys' back. You know, like it's it's just like everything you would ever need. And then the golf courses are just tip top. I mean, everybody talks about Pinehurst number two, but you got Pine Noodles and Mid Pines and country club in North Carolina, where you just got a membership at and Um, uh, the Fort forest uh, it's another 36 hole okay. facility. Yeah. Forest, uh, you got Dormy club. I mean, like mm-hmm. just so many, just crazy awesome. good golf courses down there. Yeah.
1: It's a great area. It's in the greatest state in the world. And I'm super biased, but I'm glad you guys <laughs> love it. Um, next time you do that trip, I'd love to, uh,
2: you're not coming on our trip, taking all our money. <laughs> that ain't happening. So every, every, Larry, every round, everybody got to put $100 in every single round. You know, we get like half half shots. You know, it's, it's it gets really heated out there, man. really.
1: Heated. I bet it does. It should. Competition is the greatest thing in the world.
0: Yeah. Larry, if you need a four caddy, then I uh, would be happy to lend my services for one of your <laughs> <trips>. <laughs> Just throwing it out there.
2: Uh, yeah, I, you know, you don't, you don't strike me as a good green reader, though. You know, <laughs> you're cutting my core there. That. That yeah,
0: I at least I'm, I'm more dangerous in front of a mic. Uh, speaking yeah. of, let's get to uh, Harold's hot seat time.
1: Hold on, we got one more. We got. I got to get this. Okay. Question. We'll sneak in one uh, bonus question. What? Um. Obviously, you get this question a lot. I ask you, but just your thoughts on retirement and what that day is going to look like, and things you want to accomplish before you retire, you know, and obviously if you announce it right now, that'd be crazy. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's,
2: uh, you know, I take a little time to think about it every off season. And, you know, obviously the only thing that you really play for is a championship. I don't need to do anything more personal. Um, it doesn't, doesn't really add anything to my resume, but, you know, just one a championship is what you, what you everybody plays for and seeing seeing Tom Brady and Donovan Sue and, guys that you just have so much love and respect for that you're friends with you know being able to win it late in their careers is, is really cool to, to see
1: i can see it in your face you're like if i don't win i ain't coming back <laughs> <Love> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> okay. all right Tee it up harold uh, so bat, we do here. this little thing uh it's called harold's hot seat um you don't even have to answer this one but uh carson palmer Kyler murray or uh
0: Kurt Warner. What's Desert Kurt Island? Isler. You pick got one.
1: It.
2: You got to pick one. Uh, what, what are we doing? Playing golf? Uh, playing baseball? <laughs> or we can do we both. Doing humanita- playing golf. Humanita- humanita- and- if, I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm playing, if I'm playing baseball, Kyler. If I'm playing golf, Carson. If I'm do, doing humanitarian work and just um, uh, playing basketball, mm-hmm. stuff like that, I got to take Kurt.
1: What a statesman. Well done. Wow. I love how you transitioned that. We were I was typing True. that and I mean I did so bad asking you the question, but um yeah. <laughs> Hardest hit you've ever taken in the NFL.
2: Uh Tony Parrish hit me um 2005, knocked me under the bleachers. Uh that was that wasn't fun.
1: Well, like what were you thinking when you were like on the ground? Like
2: what No, nah, I really I wasn't thinking. My my, my eggs were really scrambled. Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, lowest. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny because, like, you know, it's not funny. Um, what's your lowest round ever? I shot where?
2: seventy. I shot seventy three times, and I just I cannot. I can't. I can't. I can't get there, and it's driving me crazy.
1: <laughs> three times. That's all. Awesome. La- my, um, my, la-
2: my last last one was at Scottsdale National, and I and I really? and I shot it with, and I shot it with Bob Parsons, which was awesome. Wow, better. Yeah,
1: even better. Um. How many rounds a year do you play? This is the craziest one. Right? 150
2: plus for sure.
1: <laughs> Insane with how much you, That's you know. Crazy. Yeah. Um, Larry, I just would like for you to, you know, I just want to thank you for your time, man. It's been a pleasure spending some time with you. I know you're pretty busy, but thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, you know, hop on ripping it with us. Um, oh, man, it's a pleasure. You. I'm trying to Love learn it. a little
2: bit. How to speak, so thanks for giving me a chance. <laughs> no better way to learn than to just keep speaking, man. That's all you got. I don't know. The
1: fire's pretty hot though, man. I'm over here looking at this <laughs> thing, trying to, I'm like, whoa,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: appreciate
0: it, Larry, man.
2: Absolutely, you guys have a great day. Thank right, you, brother. You too.
0: You want to wake up feeling good every day? I mean, who doesn't? This product, I can personally attest, has had a huge shift in my day to day wellness. It's 2020 Immunity Booster, two and a half ounce shot handcrafted by sports dietitians filled with essential vitamins and nutrients with none of the artificial colors or BS you see in sports drinks. I have it before I go to the range or start my round or even just to kick off my day. Get 20% off your first order. Ripping it 20, the promo code. Go to drink2020.com. What a phenomenal first guest to have with Larry Fitzgerald. I know you've known Fitz for a while. I've, I've known him just, I was a sports anchor in Arizona back in 2009 through 13. So knew him professionally, know him a little personally. What, what surprised you uh, from the interview?
1: What's crazy. What's crazy is he's so congruent with what you see on TV. Like I asked him about, you know, his high school and he so elaborated on it and how touching it was the relationships. Um, But, like, he does these commercials on TV, and it's about relationships. You know, like, he's so, like, the same. And hearing people talk about him, it's so it's so nice to see how transparent he is, and that's what you see when you're on the golf course. I You know, I like that he – you know, I've been able to play golf with him. Like, you know, I've known him. I mean, crazy story is I've never met him, and someone got me in touch with him. And I'm not going to great clips to get my hair cut, you know. And he hooked me up with his guy, came to the house, took care of it. Just a genuine – so every year in Arizona, the guy that cuts his hair comes and cuts my hair. Obviously, he doesn't have to do that now. I don't have much hair left, but <laughs> Less um, of a trim job. Just how genuine he is, you know, yeah. the way he talks about relationships, he gives that back out, you know, and that's that's what you want in life. Um, but I still can't get over—I didn't know he was a bad kid growing up. You know? That shocked me that he was like. like
0: had poor grades, couldn't get in any D1 schools, was a bit of a, like, a rebel or immature. It's like so, yeah. such a 180 from the guy that we've seen professionally.
1: And the best part, I'm trying to piece together this podcast, and I just see that question up there, and I'm like, oh, I'll just ask you, you know, because I just, yeah, you know, some I know my life. high school. Yeah, I'll ask my high school experience, but he elaborated on a way you could tell that it meant a lot to him. Um, and then the other part that got me was when he talked about what he let his kids play, it was so athlete mindset. I'm not going to take away something from my kids. And I think we need more of that in our life. Like, you know, like let's live. Um, obviously that's super my opinion, but my opinion's not always right. But we, you know, at some point you got to take risks. Life is a risk. And he said it and I thought that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It was very
0: well said by Fitz, and I, I, I didn't realize. I mean, you, I see him at the Phoenix Open playing the pro am every year. Know he's a whisper rock guy. I didn't realize he was such a golf
1: like geek, like playing 150 Either times I. a year, like going super. on buddy trips. Like, <laughs> dude, he called, He texted me after his trip in Pinehurst, and wanted to come to Gastonia and play. I was like, really? He's like, dude, we just played 36 four days in a row. He's like they want to play nine, eighteen more, and I was like, uh, yeah, I guess. And, you know, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, but he didn't end up playing because not all the guys could make it or something like that. So it was just Got very. Um, he's very true to himself, you know. Like he's sitting there, 100%. it's nine o'clock in the morning, and he's just like, "Hey, you know, appreciating me." I'm like, "Hey, man, you called yesterday on your phone, and we couldn't even do it, and you like, hey, what can I do it the next day?" and You admire people like that because they don't have to be that way.
0: Good. Well, I've seen people the other
1: way for sure. I mean, you've seen it (laughs) run into them like, "Well, I don't want to." People you don't want to be around or
0: spend much time. Correct. You played Larry Fitzgerald. I know you've had a lot of other, either like athlete or celebrity encounters where you get paired up in a foursome. Any others, either recent or top of mind, where you played golf with X?
1: Obviously, Tiger's the most fun for me. Uh,
0: but non-pro golfer, like non-pro other... golfer,
1: Ron Rivera was awesome because I obviously I'm a huge Cam Newton fan, and he just helped me understand Cam a little bit more when we can't understand him at all. Um, man, who didn't well, you? I played with Emmett Smith. Crazy fun fact. Really? Hey, when did I you met. play with that? What was weird is. Uh, I have my first year on the Corn fairy tour. I went and tried to Monday for the waste management and I get out there and Lee Jansen's like, Hey, let's go play golf. And he's like, I think Emmett Smith might catch up with us. And sure enough, he, uh, he did. And I, you know, he's like, tall as me. I'm like, man, how'd you run over people? <laughs> no, it, you know, I, I, you don't, I guess I don't ever think like, Oh, well, I'm going to play with this celebrity or that celebrity or this Never – I don't ever think about it. I just want to know what that person's like. You know, obviously they're successful people in what they do, but I want to be like, why are you successful? Like, most of the time, come to find out, you're probably going to find out that those guys are going to be successful at something, even if it wasn't sports, the way they carry themselves. Like, Larry talking about opportunity. I mean, that guy was ready for war every time something came in front of him. The crazy
0: thing is, and this is from our producer, Alex – Emmett Smith was on the 0-4 Cardinals, along with Larry Fitzgerald in his rookie year. In <laughs> insane. Larry's been in the in the league, which is crazy. Larry to took out my part
1: when he first got on there. He's like, he's like, I'm old. I was like, man, we we're gonna tell it. I was gonna say that, but you know, yeah, he took care of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hear it all the time, George. You're living in Miami these days. You gotta have some late nights, and you wake up, you're not feeling too hot. Not true, and I'll tell you why. Tempo, total game changer. Tempo supplements guarantee you're never going to miss a beat thanks to a formulation of natural ingredients and essential nutrients. Two versions of Tempo, hungover AF, which I've taken, natural hangover supplement, and coffee, a supplement for clarity and focus. Check out both at tritempo.co. That's tritempo.co. Find your rhythm with Tempo. Use promo code TEMPO for 15% off your order. All right, let's get to... uh... Little overrated, underrated. This would be a fun segment. Our I don't know. Alex, <laughs> Alex Muirhead is going to give us five or six questions. You and I are going to debate if it's overrated or underrated. So man. let's go with uh, the first question West Coast swing. Overrated, underrated?
1: Overrated. This what? year, anyway. Oh my gosh. Overrated, man. I love the East Coast. I mean, that's where I grew up. I'm biased. I've played some good golf out there, but I've played some terrible golf. The weather is awful. I mean, every time you go to Torrey, it's like going to war with the weather. I mean, last time I was out there, it was helling. I mean, I I did have COVID for 17 days before, so I can't call myself super prepared. Um
0: no, I just
1: I, – I enjoy being on the East Coast. That's it. That's the only reason I say that. I think it's good to visit a lot of those places. It was terrible in California this year, just off the all the COVID restrictions. Phoenix was a relief to see some people out there, but also a tease knowing that it's usually insane. Um, I've just that never nice. played well out there. This is my six-year-old tour, sure. and I probably – I've missed more cuts than I've made.
0: So purely golf – related with your performance you say it's overrated because i say it's oh. underrated as a broadcaster it is so much better than what we experience the rest of the year on the pga tour it's my I mean, favorite stretch by far it's not even close there's only one to a tournament, tournament there
1: th- that you go to that keeps you going
0: well, that's my Augusta. It's the Phoenix Open. <laughs> it's not. Yes, I mean, it's it is. The Phoenix Open and then the rest of the PGA Tour schedule, in my opinion, either if I'm working or just going as a fan that week unparalleled. But I, even the rest of it. Like, if you get a good weather week, Tori, it's phenomenal. Yeah, Usually it's, it's The high is 55
1: dicey. and you need a jacket. Can we not get, like, a high like, 70? You know, you can walk around with, you know, shorts on maybe, you know, like. But everyone's like, it's so nice out here. Yeah, the high's sixty in August. I'm out. I want it to be. I want a hundred degrees just blazing. I love sweating. So, I don't know.
0: Okay, you have West Coast swing overrated. What about Florida swing?
1: I think it's under I think people don't understand how great you have to play to win one of those. It's gonna blow one day. So I, I like that challenge. I like how hard it is. Um so I think it's a little bit of both. But I'm judging these all off of golf. And You you know, if watching – if we're going to watch, you know, the Wastematch is the greatest tournament ever. You know, like there's never going to be – it's never going to be topped. It shouldn't be because if it goes above that, you know, someone's going to get really hurt. Um, I would say it's very underrated from a golfer's standpoint, from viewership. It's just hard to get close. There's so much water, you know, it's – and you don't see – You'll see great shots, but 20, 30 feet left is really good, and fans don't understand that's a great shot. So it's hit or miss.
0: I'd go properly rated. When yeah, it's right When Corral was still a part of it, and Miami was one of the four markets, then it was almost underrated. Now that Miami's gone and it's three events and it players on to Orlando, I would almost lean that way, but it had some good finishes. And it's a pretty good test of golf those weeks, so I'd say properly rated. Kind of a cop I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna say overrated in the aspect that the players was better in May. Way better. I just don't like I don't like when it's cold. Like who does, I guess. I mean I guess people a
0: couple on non golf ones, overrated, underrated. Going to weddings.
1: Underrated. I love it. Love it. I love dancing. I mean, my wedding I didn't even (laughs)
0: <laughs> you did some damage on the dance floor at your wedding.
1: <laughs> I'd also
0: say underrated. Uh, yes. Reality TV.
1: Uh, underrated. Oh, like overrated.
0: Google. So overrated. Oh,
1: dude, it's so good. It's so funny. I know you're a little it. bachelor <laughs> fan.
0: You hop on yeah, Twitter and fire and, and at James plug future ripping it guest mm, season one. I just
1: uh. I just can't believe people think it's real, that that's real life. Like people literally go and. Think, people
0: do. It's like wrestling. It's, oh, real it's to so me. good. It's so good.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's sad that people believe it, but it's so good because the stuff that happens, is, whether it's fake or real, I just think it's funny. And I like laughing. That's something you should do every day.
0: Last overrated, underrated music on the golf course.
1: Underrated. So underrated, like big time underrated, insanely underrated. I just, yeah, I just can't believe we didn't do it as kids. You know, like I didn't, even, I just I didn't even. I, I, just, I mean, I'm can only you imagine 30. bringing like a
0: boombox on, on the course? What up, boys? I, I shoot <laughs> yeah. eighty five.
1: I had more fun <laughs> than you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um. I, I remember the first time so a buddy underrated. played music on the course. It was like 2012. He had an iPad. I was like, what the hell? Like. What a novel idea. And then since then <laughs> cured cancer right out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like I like can't play golf without having some type of music or some type of vibe. So I'm I'm with you. It's underrated. Unless you're playing like some serious type of buddy's trip at like say like Bandon or something no, like that. That's where you're music.
1: A, that's where music should be the loudest. That's where that's <laughs> where golf needs to get to to get people playing, man. It's it's um like you know larry was saying you know like i didn't play golf because you know it's slow it's and slow and sometimes you have to do there should be it should be the opposite of politics a little bit of everything you know all right man on sunday we can't play music but any other day blast it um it, it's just we got to work together and figure it out and i think and the grand scheme of things tradi- tradition traditionists want to make the game grow and we want to make the game grow. Let's just keep doing that. You know, whatever that is like what he, you know, like you said, cancel culture. Well, if you don't do this, we're not doing that. I'm like, all right, bro. I'll just peace. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're learning in it's the sports in a great spot right now. Um, so speaking it's just, of learning, uh, how'd you like episode one so far? Uh, I mean, I was kind of nervous. Cause I didn't have the questions, but, uh, I really like it. I really, I'm intrigued just how I can get better. Um, that's how this started. This is why I wanted to do it. I think I can talk a lot, but I need to do a better job articulating it so that other people understand. And I don't look like an idiot and I, people can look up to that. So it's a part of the journey. It's a part of something that I went from like, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. George to like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the fucking best at this. I want to find out a way to be that. Um, that's a challenge. We need. Yeah. What, uh, and, go ahead. No,
0: I was going to say, so, like, I know you, your buddies, we mentioned Matt James and The Bachelor likely having him season one. There's some other big-name guests that in the works of, of trying to, like, lock down and get in the mix, uh, like a broadcaster of ESPN who may have his own show. I know he chatted with, like, SVP last summer. Uh, for their like other athletes and celebrities. As we go over these next twelve episodes, what type of conversations are you most looking forward to having? Because like Fitz I thought was great and I walked away yeah. surprised by part of what we heard.
1: I I mean it's super simple. Whenever's an athlete or a you know anyone of power in the media, when they slow down and they start talking about like certain things in their lives That's when I'm in. Like, I want to be tuned into that. Like, I go from asking the question to, like, listening to what they're saying to see if I can pick something from that. That, like, you know, because everyone has that moment that something that changed their life and they became better. And, you know, he's sitting there telling the story, and I'm like, I got to ask a question after this? What am I going to ask after this? You know, and it's just that's what I'm looking for. I want that moment of so a kid can watch this and be like, my moment's coming, my time's coming that I'm going to learn something, I'm going to pick something up, you know, I I want people to watch this and learn something, but I'm doing it because I want to learn how to interview people and be better equipped to, you know, because it helps me on the other end because I found myself a few times like thinking I was getting interviewed, I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 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 So it's, it's just, you go with the punches, you enjoy it, but I want that moment, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to that with every person, you know, like, just can't believe that i'm actually on a podcast to be honest with you so i can't thank you enough. hey
0: we here we are go time man that's uh episode one of ripping it for harold i'm george thanks for joining us can't wait till we see you next week for episode number two